Small Business and Startup Stories DSM features conversations with small business owners who share both their victories and failures on their path to success. Small Business and Startup Stories DSM is produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. More tips and resources are available at dsmpartnership.com backslash small business. I'm your host, Christina Moffitt. Hannah Elliott, welcome to Startup Stories. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. We're going to talk food, all things food, but different <laughs> kinds of food, restaurant and being placed in uh, stores today. So tell us a little bit about Lola's and what, why it became a career for you. Uh, well, I'm crazy. That's why. <laughs> um, I've always loved food. Like you can ask my mom. She'll probably tell you that I started cooking when I was five and I made a big mess in the kitchen. So it's kind of always something we've teased about. A lot of people love to come over and eat my food, um, which is a big stretch from owning your own business. Um, but it's something that we just took the leap of faith and tried. And your food is very unique. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, our food is unique. Um, I like to take away, take away from that because it's really about family and eating together as a family. Um, so when we started, my background is I'm Filipino and Pakistani. That's where my parents came from. So I'm first generation here. Um, but when we eat, we eat all kinds of weird food. So <laughs> things, these two countries actually don't have any food that makes sense together. But when you put it together, it tastes really good. So um, in a quest to be a mom and like put good food on the table, kind of thought about things that I want to eat when I go out to eat instead of eating like a nugget or a burger. And so I kind of just thought of this concept and spend it off to my brother. And then being the person that he is, he just said, just let's go for it right away. So amazing. And it did not start with the restaurant. So take us back a little bit on your journey of how you guys started. Um, Well, my brother decided to sell my mom's sauce. He was giving some sauce out to friends and they really liked it. Um, And then he just told my mom, you know, we need to bottle this. It's great. Um, He's an entrepreneur by nature. So is everybody in my family. Um, and so he just <laughs> decided to sell it. They were bottling it in, um, a Mexican restaurant in Valley Junction. And then they decided like that they had to go nationwide with it. And then the only way to do that is to figure out a way to streamline the process. Um, so they weren't filling bottles by themselves. <laughs> um, so that's kind of where he, I'm sure there's a lot more in that story that we could talk about today too. Um, and he'd be happy to tell you about that, but it's, it's been quite a journey for him. So, and the name Lola came from, well, yeah, everybody calls me Lola. Um, even some of my new employees will say, Hey, Lola. And Lola is not my name. I (laughs) I am not a Lola. I'm not old. I'm old enough to be a Lola, but I'm not a Lola yet. Lola in the Philippines means grandmother. Um, So once you're a grandma, that's what they call you. Not Mimi or Granny. It's Lola. So everyone has a Lola. So it's a great place to um, meet and join. And we really honor our our parents um, and grandparents before us. So um, my grandmother on my dad's side um, lived with us until I was about, until she passed away. Um, and I think I was about 21. So she raised us and cooked for us. And then my mom learned all of her stuff from her, her mom. And so she taught us too. So she's kind of like this great food story with all the grandmas. And I've kind of just taken all that what and given my interpretation of that so i love that um so talk to us the sauce and the restaurant kind of came separate so talk to us a little bit about how long you have owned the sauce and then talk just a little bit about how the restaurant evolved from the line i 
think sauce. the sauce started in 2015, um, where it was just very small and just very local here. <clears throat> and then that grew from there. It's really actually taken off in the last two years where that's more nationwide. So <clears throat> I think he's in three countries and maybe it's four countries and then most of this, the uh, mainland United States. Um, we have opened the restaurant in 2018. So in June of 2018. So actually we're on a three year anniversary, um, which it's been kind of crazy, you know, one year in COVID and then 2021 is almost like its own situation, <laughs> uh, which you as a business owner can probably know, understand and feel of that. But so so talking about COVID, we're going to spin off and talk to that, talk about that a little bit because it was it the business looked different. So talk to us a little bit about okay, COVID hit. You kind of took the gut punch. How did you pivot? How did you continue to keep going? Because a lot of people just closed their doors, but you guys have continued to kind of persevere through this. Yeah, um, I run on a small staff anyway, so it was like it was. It, I guess it was a bad thing for restaurants, but it was a good thing for us if we could just streamline things. I kind of saw this coming because of our family in Asia. So we kind of were hearing things from them and how bad it was. So before, you know, I think I called all my friends, are you going to shut down? Are you going to change things? And they're like, no, business as usual. <laughs> um, but I got already got set up with DoorDash. I got all the sites um, set up with them, the delivery, the third party sites before the demand was like, you know, I didn't want to have to be begging them to like take me on and get yeah. them. I mean, they're already going to take a ton of your money anyway. So try to get the best deal I could from them. Um, and then I kind of, you know, it warned my staff that we were going to really cut back. So we closed for two days and then I think we pivoted pretty well um, to like a you could pick up your meal, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you could heat it up at home. So that was a good thing. We did that for about a month. And then I also started selling to the co-op, um, which is a great place to get your name out there, too. I think that helped us with um, getting our flavors out there. And so then it was kind of creating that demand for us. And then things just kind of changed to where everyone was eating out, like uh, not eating out, I guess I should say, taking it home to eat. Mm-hmm. And they were just really into supporting us, which was fabulous. Um, so I just had to jump on the bandwagon and reopen like for takeout on the weekends, at least especially. So so that it was a it was a bad time, but it was a good time to really like get efficient. What do you feel like you learned in COVID that you will continue to do? I feel like people picked up certain things that they probably won't go back to doing the old way. Um, like staffing, like I know how much I need now and I know what we can do and what we can't do. I know, um, I don't want to push my staff too hard too, because they work so hard. We do everything. So we're we don't have a dishwasher and we don't have a, a prep cook. I mean, we do, but, but for the most part, we all kind of play our part as much as we can to help the wheel keep spinning around throughout the day. So I think it's just like staffing wise, I know what I need. And then um, like how I just really streamlined the ordering, um, streamlined my menu. I took a lot of stuff out. And then like, I, I know the third party delivery gets a really bad rap. Um, I think if you can, play with your margins a little bit, you can use that to your advantage. Um, like, I don't know if you know about DoorDash, but they're the biggest name in the game, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but they have like 
we're one of their favorites. So we do a good job of trying to get their orders out fast. I mean, we do get the orders out fast for everyone, <laughs> but um, get the order out fast and efficient and do a little bit of extras, throw a little extra sauce or have them try something special if we think it'll work. If it's a great big order, we'll throw something extra in there too. And so we've become a favorite and so they market us. So it really helps us and gets us visibility. So in the winter months where I was like, oh, it, I mean, I looked at the numbers and we were actually doing pretty decent considering so considering the bad weather and all that stuff but it does really help kind of push you through those slower times um and then gets the pent-up demand for you when the warm weather comes it makes a lot of sense i don't think people are gonna i think the door dashes and all these guys will stay a very high demand i think the kind of the i hate to use the word amazon mentality but everybody wants it here immediately now and that transpired i felt like to restaurants like we want it here we want it now and i think I mean, again, a lot of places had to have their front door closed and third party was the only option, but I don't think that's going to go away. I don't either. And and you can push back and push back as much as you can, but I mean, you're going to get outpaced by the technology and where, where the future is taking you. So you have to kind of be along for that ride and you have to be willing to adapt to um, that. And I think with my margins... And how they go, like you can you can play with that a little bit and try to not let them win. Mm-hmm. Um, and make, like I said, make them work for you. Like I feel like I'm getting a lot of visibility through that DoorDash, and it's it's almost equating to like a good day of business, like through the week. So you're adding, like if you are open seven days, you're getting like that eighth day mm-hmm. of revenue. So what so you need now? Yeah, I mean, you so. really do need that piece. Uh, life is happening. Uh, And I know (laughs) that you've got a busy family on the back end. Tell us a little bit about some challenges you've had of just trying to run the business, balance the business. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's hard. Um, I think my family's been really resilient. Um, I, we opened the restaurant in 2018. I had a baby like literally almost a year to the day after that. So I'm 41. So that was like a challenge. I wasn't expecting that, but she's like the best thing that ever happened to us. Like all of us love her to death. Um, So And then I have two other kids. We have two other kids too. So, um, having a partner is like, and who's supportive for you is just the best thing ever. So I can't shout out to John (laughs) because, uh, we just, we go through the ringer and I don't think a lot of people understand what that restaurant life is like. Um, somebody can call in, somebody's sick, you know, especially with COVID too, things can change that way too. And you're out somebody who's a key player for, Many, many days. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people, especially during COVID, you know, you had to slap on that smile, but nobody had any idea of all the plates that were being spun back in that kitchen, literally by these owners and being short staffed and their families. You know, I mean, some families were out delivering stuff, trying to market on their own pages. Families played such an important role. And being in a family business, thank goodness you all had each other <laughs> too. Yes. On top of that, um, how do you feel like COVID made you a stronger entrepreneur? Well, I guess I don't look at any challenge like I can't do it. Like I used to have days, like I think in 2018, I had in 2019, I had days where I'm just like giving up and wanting to quit. But like, I like, what do you, what's going to happen now? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like throw something at me and I don't want it, but I mean, I can, I know that I can persevere and handle it. So you guys are kind of in a new area of Ankeny. Ankeny's growing very quick, but a lot of business owners come to me and say, not really sure where to open this business. How and why did you guys 
decide to settle on Prairie Trail and Ankeny? Um, that is a good question. It's a beautiful area, by the way. Um, the landlords, DRA property management, they are phenomenal people. Um, great in the community. Um, they were really supportive of our ideas. Um, anything we've tried to do, uh, up and coming place. Um, and then I live just right close to there. So I knew I'd be spending most of my days there. So it was kind of nice to be there. Um, and you kind of want to just have some high visibility traffic to like that area has like a good nightlife balance too. But I think it was, it is, like you said, it's still growing. So I think as we keep going, we should see those numbers increase as the the hotel opened, I think, last year. Unfortunately for them, it was during COVID. But yeah, yeah, the ho- but it does make a difference because um, you've got weddings that are coming back, and there's events. There's an event space, two event spaces that are in that area too. So lots of traffic in and out of there. So eventually, we'll hit the numbers even more get grow our numbers even more i should yeah because it's kind of the center of ankeny i mean i grew up in ankeny but we never really had a town center so it's really a good thing it's very centrally located and like you mentioned you have the travelers the library is now out there but you're also surrounded by that neighborhood feel and i think being a family restaurant like again neighborhood family neighborhoods that kind of flock to that yeah and with the prairie trail neighborhood right there i think we've got a lot of regulars that come in from that area as well So you've been around a while. I mean, the restaurant came in 2018. You're kind of moving into that established business. What challenges are hitting you now that you did not ever realize you would face as a more established business? Um, you know, I guess I didn't think people would, I think I didn't think I would still be overcoming the, the bias, the cultural bias that there is. I mean, I've lived in Iowa basically my whole life. Um, so you don't really think about your food as being super different or that people wouldn't be willing to try it. So getting people to come in and try something new and think, Hey, it's not anything different than you've had at a Chinese restaurant or like those flavors They're they're going to be familiar to you. It's just going to be a new spin on that. Um, that's one thing. I still have people who kind of walk in and walk out, you know, just a word they don't recognize or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, so that's one thing. And then the hiring challenges, you know, you just think as the economy is growing that there'd be more people in the economy to help push you along too. Um, but it's really challenging right now. Um, but I try to keep optimistic with that because it's cyclical. Like mm-hmm. this, I think every time I think back and every year around this time, I feel like I'm stressed out about it. And then I just pray about it and then something happens. And we have staff. <laughs> it is kind of cyclical. And I think, you know, we was talking to somebody the other day about this, about, you know, the colleges and the high schools didn't really have the employees into the pool, right? They were taking classes from home. Some right. of them went back to their families, so they weren't here to work. And with the vaccines coming out, the high school kids didn't really qualify early on. So you couldn't, a lot of their parents didn't want them working. So I very much felt like we were not just besides people being on unemployment or deciding to leave their job to care for kids, but that we really didn't have those guys in the workforce either. Yes. But I think too, like summer, I feel like summer just kind of (laughs) came and then people weren't ready for it and they had to take their vacations. And now people are stepping back and being like looking and saying, I have a lot of time right now. Like, let me get, get some extra cash. So I'm getting a lot of, um, 
inquiries about it. So, so hopefully we're on a upward trend with hiring. I hope so too. <laughs> I feel like when people get back to school this year and things are more in person, I think that people will come back out <laughs> in the workforce. I think people want to right now. So running a family business, different dynamic. Tell us about how you guys continue to work together and how yeah. you decide who's going to do what. Um, I think that's changed over the course of our, um, from the big, when we started. Um, I think my mom thought she was going to work in the restaurant with me. And I think we realized like it really, she was more better off like helping us with the tasting and all that stuff. So she could give me a lot of feedback there um, because she's really like, she's a, she's been a doctor her whole life. So I think that that was just a better environment for her. And I'm more, um, her and I just get along better when we have that, that, that pass these ideas back and forth. And it's really casual. I think the environment in the restaurant is super stressful. It's taken me a little bit of time to like, learn how to handle that too. Um, where now it's just like breathing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, my brother definitely works on the branding. And so he's, that's like his wheelhouse. That's his baby. So, um, he works on that. And then I'm pretty much day to day managing partner on that. So doing anything from like scheduling, hiring, um, right now I'm working on streamlining all the processes. You'd think I'd be there by now after three years, but (laughs) it's just, it's kind of hit or miss. So yeah, it's hard. And I, I see this again, family businesses are different, right? Cause you still have to be able to sit at a dinner table as a family and have holidays yes, together. Yes. So that's the biggest piece of keeping that balance. Social media, everybody uses it now advertising. Where's your fine line between your restaurant Lola's and your own brand? Do you keep them separate? Do you mix? Is there a gray line? You know, I try to do everything how I live my life. I've never really, I'm kind of an open book. I'm probably too open for some of my family and even my husband or whatever. But I just feel like that's served me well in my life. I'm 41, or how old am I? I'm 43 years old. <laughs> and and I just feel like there's no sense in stopping that now. Um, I feel like people can feel connected to that. And after all, this is a family business. It's supposed to be about a personal relationship with you. And so... I feel like that's out there. Although, you know, I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I put out what, I don't embellish things and make things up. I just, whoever, what you see is what you get. (laughs) That's real life. So you mentioned DoorDash is a great way for you to advertise, especially with the delivery and they they like you and promote you. What are other ways that you advertise to get the name on and the brand out there? You know, I've, I've, it's been hit or miss. I've, really focusing on community right now. Um, so Mike and I were talking about earlier about the Juneteenth celebration yeah. that they just had in Ankeny and that was like a huge win for us. We've got a ton of people just in the door from for just sponsoring that. So a lot of times there's those kinds of things that we give. I'm doing a promotion with the football team. I guess it's not, a, it's like a sponsorship for the football team. So I think that's going to bring a lot more young people in that don't even know that we're in the area. Mm-hmm. So um, those kinds of things seem to work better, the grassroots types of things versus something sponsored mm-hmm. um, so, or some kind of ads like on TV or radio, because those are hit or miss. You might yeah. not, you just fast forward through it. We all have the shortest attention span now. hundred so. percent. So you mentioned the Juneteenth teen celebration and kind of some sponsorships. I'm sure you guys get hit up all the time for donations People ask me all the time, how do I know what to give to you and whatnot? 
to give to? How do you guys decide? Do you have a system? Do you have an amount you give away? What does that look like? Well, our average ticket is about $15. So I usually, the most I don't, if like, if it's a gift card or something, I'll usually do like a $20 gift card. I'm not really too picky about small donations. Um, the bigger donations, I'll think about it and talk about it with my brother. Um, and see if that's going to make sense for us. Um, a lot of the, like the Juneteenth things, they just make sense because I'm already partnering with them in other areas sure. with the people that work those events and yeah. it fits our model really well. So, so is Summerfest going to be out there? Are you guys getting some overflow <laughs> from Summerfest in Ankeny? You know, I, I was really challenged with staff when they asked and I just couldn't, we had to be out there and be at the restaurant. So it's, it's just, a tough one. it's so hard for us. You need right to tell now. them to move it, move it out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the idea, I think, but I think they're realizing the space is too small. Yeah, they so are. they'll figure it it's out. It's unfortunate. Yeah. It'll evolve. I'm sure they'll have, they're having lots of events. At That'd be great. Ankeny's obviously one of the fastest growing. When you stop and pause and you've looked at everything you've done, what do you attribute most to your success? Uh, Probably, I know this sounds like sappy, but probably my husband because like we just go through the fire. This has been like a crazy thing. And he's been in, he's run a restaurant before, so he kind of knows a lot of stuff about it. He doesn't know everything, but he knows a lot of stuff. Um, And so sometimes when I fell on the floor, he'd pick me up and say, you know, you can do this. You know, I believe in you. And my kids, too, they really champion that. So, and just family in general seems to help out a lot. So. I think it's key. You yes. got to have a cheerleader <laughs> in the gotta, background. Yeah. Even when you don't want them to cheer, they're still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. What's the most unique thing about your business? Obviously, the food's unique, but I feel like you guys really are kind of, when I think of Lola's, I kind of feel this warmth in my heart. And how, I don't know how you communicate that, but what is that uniqueness about your business? You know, I think... Uh, this will be sappy again too, but it probably comes down to like the sauces. So we started as a sauce company and then all of our sauce, if you've been to the restaurant, you've had our sauces, our sauces kind of just make everything that much better. So it envelops everything that we create and just gives you that full experience. So I feel like that's where we started. That's where it is. And it kind of enrobes the food and then it gives you that warm feeling that that's it's kind of what everyone if who compliments us compliments us on the sauce and the combinations and how it all works together so while these two family like the two cultures don't make any sense like <laughs> you've got a muslim country and a catholic country and you've got all this different climates and different locations and they come together and then the sauce kind of brings it all together so i love it What's next for Lilas? <laughs> I don't know. We're just trying to survive right now. I think that's where everybody's at. So see where 2021 takes us because it's like its own new COVID challenge, I think. 100%. So it's like with the sourcing challenges and the food costs and everything increasing, plus your labor costs. So we'll all see here, see where we are in 2022. I love it. Well, Hannah, we cannot leave the show without asking you your favorite thing. So if I walk in there, what is your favorite thing that you would still eat? Because you're around it every day. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's weird. I'm a meat eater. We have a lot of vegan items on our menu. Um, I love our tofu. Like it's probably hands down my favorite thing. And I love taking a new employee who says they won't eat tofu and saying, eat this now. And they'll just 
eat the dang thing and be like, oh my God, I love it. And then I'll just see them eating it every day. But honestly, you could eat there every day and have something different. And so that's so great. But our our slaw and our tofu, our crispy tofu bowl, absolute hand on favorite. I love it because it is kind of a build your own thing. Yes. So you do a great job. <laughs> well, Hannah, thanks so much for being on the show with yes. us today. We look forward to following you. Great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Small Business and Startup Stories DSM podcast. Inspired by these stories? We offer a hub full of resources needed for any small business owner to grow and succeed in Greater Des Moines, Iowa at dsmpartnership.com backslash small business. Thanks for listening.